0: We have an opportunity here to bring presence to the ceremony that is your life. And my invitation to you is to stop whatever you're doing, wherever you are, just for this one precious moment and take a deep breath. Follow the breath into your root point and land yourself right here right now into your present moment and exhale. Welcome to the space where all the magic is happening and prepare yourself to receive the wild, raw expanse that is available inside the dojo that is your life. You are the empowered center point creator of every single experience that you are drawing into your field at this time. When you recognize that and really get that in your bones, you will receive yourself as the magnet for the most perfectly expansive evolutionary curriculum that is precisely crafted for you to evolve beyond what was in order to claim all that is a match to the you who is free. And that is what we are here to do inside the dojo as we explore what it means to live a life beyond the edge. This is a Soulfire production. Hello, Dojo family. I am here with one of the Dojo Council OG, OG OGs, Adina Hammer, who is one of the most embodied, courageous, soft, expressing her feminine in such a way that it feels clear and directive. It's such an, a powerful like way of being that I experience expressing itself through this woman. It's, it's very often we feel, you know, women that have like that very strong feminine essence or more clearly directive, fierce, goal-oriented energy. And Adina, I feel this fusion. It's almost like you, you've become so soft that the strength is undeniable. Like how you like you've become so soft. like how strong and courageous do you have to be to soften into the depth of receiving and femininity and devotion and trust that I've witnessed in you? To me, that feels like one of the true definitions of strength and courage is to be able to walk through the world with such a depth of trust that I witness in this woman. She is an incredible embodiment facilitator, an incredible leader. She's a brand new mother and witnessing her initiation into motherhood has been one of the greatest gifts that I think that I've ever received from you. I'll absolutely be turning to you when that time comes for me. And as just hearing you go through the different portals you have, In motherhood, I I imagine just through the law of attraction and synchronicity that a lot of the audience listening to this podcast are women just like me and you who you know are wanting to become a mother when the time is right, and you've just moved through that profound initiation for the first time. And one thing I'm really excited to explore with you today is what that's been like and how you've navigated it, like from the start. From the start, you know, I was watching the dojo masters highlight reel from our ceremony and it must've been, it was about just about a year ago, maybe a little, a little more than a year ago. And it was, we had no idea you were about to have a, get pregnant, right? And so God, just the journey that you've walked over just one year, the difference one year can make. So with that, I'd love to just invite your voice and have you share your why and your intention and just introduce yourself to all those who are listening.
1: Thank you, Zahara. Wow. What an introduction. I would just receive that. <laughs> it always feels so good to be reflected by you. Zahara has been such a, like, a, she's been a core mentor of mine and a core teacher and a core sister in my life for the last two years now. And it just feels good to receive your reflection of who you've watched me become. So thank you. And yeah as we're coming together for this conversation and I'm in quite a tender place today which is good because I feel that heartbreaking open and desire to you know express from this space of love especially with you who has walked with me through so much of this becoming and my intention today is to simply share what's possible when we're truly devoted to love and what we get to do in terms of expanding beyond the limitations the theme of this podcast expanding beyond our limitations of everything we thought wasn't possible and then watching it real time happen. Yeah.
0: Wow. Yeah. I mean, that is it. Like life beyond the edge. We are consistently invited to expand into that previously no-go zone and the courage and devotion that it takes to actually walk the path of being an ever-expanding human being because the other one's available. It is available to stagnate. It is available to hold on. It is available to control. It is available to keep it safe. It's available. But there does come a time where that implosion turns into an explosion of, wow, this, is a, this safety, this sameness, this stagnation is actually more uncomfortable than the sensation of going into the unknown place. Mm-hmm. And finding myself there. And let me tell you, that can be very uncomfortable, too. but this is about developing the skill set and the fortitude and the self-trust from the ground fucking up to your crown that you got you no matter what. And so I'd love to hear, you know, from your journey, just even just this one last year,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like, what was it like when you found out you were pregnant? I would love to hear about your partner at the time and the transition of that relationship and the different, the variety of edges that came up during that time. And then we'll ultimately arrive into the now, but let's rewind even just one year to just kind of magnify the journey, the hero's journey, the arc that you've taken.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Uh Yeah. So, you know, on that note of the implosion to the explosion experience that we have in life. One thing that I want to start with is that our intention and our prayer is really powerful. So before this journey, this hero's journey, I don't know that I would describe it as a hero's journey, but it's like a a descent, really a descent into the feminine mystery. There was a prayer in me to be led by love. Like a real, true, deep intention to be led by love. And I could feel and I could sense the soulful and spiritual stagnation that was happening in my life and my system it was like i got to a certain place in my embodiment and my business and you know the way that i was operating and it, it was like what's the next thing and there was just such a deep prayer to be led by love and so when we send up a prayer like that or an intention like that we can expect life to send us a curveball you know and so that's what you know this journey into motherhood was for me this was not anything that i had expected to happen And so I just want to check in. You want like a kind of a synopsis of what has occurred?
0: Yeah. Just the journey of like, you know, when you found out you were pregnant and the partnership you were in at that time, which I know you then transitioned out of and just kind of setting it up for you to then share the journey of what this last year of being pregnant, you know, meeting your current partner now like every step of the way, there's just been such a magnitude of curriculum and such a magnitude of growth that I just sort of want to contextualize where it started. Okay. Yeah. Okay.
1: Great. So prayer was sent up. God and life begins responding. Spirit and life begins responding. And so July of 2021, I was in a very passionate connection with a lover and I got pregnant, you know, It was not something that was planned, but it happened. Looking back, I can see that there were totally signs and synchronicities leading up to that of my child actually communicating with me from the other side. But I actually got a, like, I was hearing his voice actually before I got pregnant, but it didn't occur to me that that was actually what was about to happen because I had like a million and one things that I wanted to do before arriving into the reality that I you know most deeply desired which is like a family and children and abundance and the whole thing you know we we trick ourselves into thinking that we have to go through these you know step by step processes right let's build the business first and get the home first and you know lay it out in a certain way and then we can experience what we're here to actually gift to the world and so spirit was like ha 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 that's really funny very cute we're going to give you a baby so i got pregnant And immediately knew that I wanted to keep the child. I felt very connected to him. I won't say unfortunately, but the dynamic that I was in wasn't supportive of, you know, building that family dynamic together. So I wound up transitioning quite early in the pregnancy out of the relationship that I was in with the biological father.
0: Which Uh, that takes so much. That takes, that is its own major initiation to track. And so- You know, for those listening, like, what did it take inside of you to not hold on to the father of your child? just a couple months into the pregnancy, there was a timeline where that happened, right? Oh, yeah. And you chose out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to be
1: delicate around, you know, that dynamic still has, you know, some threads that are being used. It's still a mirror for me that I'm learning from. Sure that experience for me was getting down to the core of what I was choosing. So I I had this child come in that said, okay, I'm ready for you to be my mom. Okay. Spirit's like, you're ready to take this journey. You're choosing this journey. And so I got down to the core of like, okay, what's my why here? And my why was really to just show up through every layer of lack, through every layer of the belief systems in me that said, I can't do this through every layer of you know, just like all of these things, even just from my ancestral line of like what it means to be pregnant and not married and not have a support system. And at the time I was living nomadically. And I, at that time felt that the choice to stay with that person, the choice to stay with the biological father would have been from a space of fear. Yeah, And the choice to move out of the connection was what felt truly the highest evolution of love for myself and what I felt I needed to do for my child at the time. It was like, my only vision was on what do I need to do to show up as the best version of myself for my baby? And that was definitely choosing out of the relationship. So although it was freaking terrifying because I wanted all the help that I could get, I was like, okay, I'm going to choose into the single mamahood timeline and accept that fully because it it's what looks like being the, the most whole embodiment of me. Cause otherwise I know I'm just going to, have to deal with it later on.
0: Oof. <laughs> Woo! Okay. So this is just such powerful code medicine. It's hard enough to exit a relationship. That's not fully in alignment when you're not pregnant, mm-hmm. recently pregnant. Right. But the courage, I just want to honor you And like bring some perspective, you know, because I'm also transitioning out of a relationship and feeling how intense that process is. Mm -hmm. And just bringing perspective to anyone listening, you know, that may be going through something like that Mm -hmm. and recognizing, like, wow, like we are always having the opportunity to choose into the highest expression that our soul is calling for at the time. And often that means facing off with some real discomfort and some real edge and some real fear. But if we can just listen to that little voice, that knowing, Mm -hmm. that knowing, and that's what you're so masterful at in this. It's like, there was that knowing in you and that mama bear came online. And perhaps it, and I'm curious about this, perhaps it didn't make it actually harder. Perhaps it made it even like more fierce mama bear because there was a new life coming in through you. Was that, does that feel true?
1: Oh yeah, you mean like it became easier because of what was activated in me? through the Yeah. Morning? Oh my God, yeah. This is like, I think this is the topic of the whole podcast of like the whole experience of pregnancy, what I learned each trimester was its own medicine journey, like the birth and then the postpartum, which has been the biggest part has all been about who I've become through being a mom. And it has been the polar, it has been paradoxical, right? Because we think having a baby, and this doesn't mean like, if you're not prepared to have a baby, go have a baby. Like, don't oh. do that.
0: Yeah, but, <laughs> don't do that.
1: <laughs> we think that having a child, like the misconception is that it's gonna take, right? Or it's gonna require more of me in a way where I'll have less to, to be able to expand or handle it all, right? Like my capacity is not big enough. And it did the exact opposite through the whole experience. I was required to become a larger version of myself, a more integrated version of myself. And my baby has made me a better person in every other area of my life. So my business has only expanded. My life has only expanded. My relationship stuff has only gotten better because
0: I've been like, I had to. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. Fuck yeah, so yeah. inspiring, so inspiring. So you know, you transition out of the relationship with the father, and you're you know now experiencing the you know first and second trimester, you know on your own. And I'm curious about when your new partner came in and how that how that manifest and what that process was like for you because you know manifesting your man while you're pregnant with another man's child is an extraordinary rare. I I don't even want to use the word rare because you are setting a template. Why does it have to be like, like a surprise? You know what I mean? Like you got some codes in there in terms of self-honor and self-love and self-respect that made you a match to a man who's fully choosing you through this whole pregnancy. And I'm so, I want to hear from you, like what that part was like, and did you expect it? Were you calling it in? What, like how? What? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, Oh, this is so good. This is so good. Mm. I should say thank you Zahara because this podcast is medicine for me to get to, uh-huh. I'm still integrating the whole yeah. thing. My, I'm oh just blown away by you the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. The nine month gestation process is just that, and not just for the child, but for the mother and the mother's consciousness. And what starts to happen when you get pregnant is like the most wild ceremony, psychedelic ceremony of your life. And all of the stuff that I thought I processed in the past and integrated, of course, it all came up and it came up for me. And it also came up You know, the connections to the women in my upline on my mother's and father's side, I could feel all the women who have ever been called mothers and all of their pain, all of their stuff. And it was like, it's like when you get pregnant, a portal opens and it wants to all come through you. Right. And it can only open like that when there's a baby coming through. It's like a very special experience. So as I was transitioning out of the dynamic with the biological father, all of my stuff around my daddy, my daddy wounding and my pain around that, and like all the fears around being a single mom and, you know, times where women couldn't leave their partner because they literally could not survive without their man yeah. and they had to put up with abuse and things of this nature. Yeah. I was like I was like, okay, spirit, I'm aware enough and i'm I'm equipped enough with the tools to see what's happening. so I'm just gonna throw myself all the way into the purge process and just like like just, Freaking go through it. Like, I'm going to go through it and I'm not going to make it mean anything about
0: me. I'm just going to say yes to it. Woo! Wait a second. Okay. So I just feel like that right there is such a key to whatever you're growing through, whether it's exactly what Adina is moving through or not, right? Because nobody's going to be exactly moving through what you were moving through. But I just mean whether you're pregnant and bringing life onto this earth or going through your father wound getting triggered in a different way or whatever it is for you, money, material, that's, you know, you're just like, why can't I, is my bank account on, on $10 again? Like, what the fuck? You know, it's the, I wanna just highlight the key here of the mechanism of being with yourself fully, getting behind your own heart in the magnitude of whatever this catalyst or trigger is bringing up and also not believing any stories your mind wants to make up that adds shame, blame, or judgment to the mix because shame, blame, and self-judgment while you're in the middle of a alchemical process of healing a wound point is not the environment that's conducive to healing. Self-love and compassion, understanding, those are the ingredients that create a supportive environment for healing to occur. So I just wanted to really highlight that point that you said, you said it quickly, but there's a lot in there. Of like, you were going through a big thing, pregnant, no longer with the father of, of the child and all your own material coming up around that. And somehow you were able to not make it mean anything about you
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and just feel through what you needed to feel through and show up for yourself in that. And that to me is Herculean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, thanks to you, Z, like you've been (laughs) been teaching me how to do that the last two years, like in a (laughs) You know, we're doing it together. I'm still working my own version of it.
0: You know, we're doing it. Always
1: will. It's like it's the muscle of turning towards yourself. Like the parts of us that we most want to reject and that we most want to shame. Those are the parts that need us to turn towards ourselves the most. It's like if you were to think of it like visually, you know, if we have a disintegrated part the more we put our back to that part, the more (laughs) disintegrated it is, you know? So we get to like turn towards those pieces and those elements and get excited of like, oh, you're in pain. Come here. Like you're in lack. Okay. Come here. Like, let me hold this part of me and love you unconditionally until we see something that has a greater awareness, you know, about this piece. So where, where there's not, not love, there's not awareness. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Yeah. So so yeah, that was what was happening, and in that transition process, and it was it was really hard. I was also you know I've been mending my relationship with my father the last couple of years, and when I got pregnant, the reflection I got from my dad was like all of the you know old abuse patterns of like you can't do this, you shouldn't do this, you're gonna you know all the shame pieces. Oh. Um, so I ended the connection with the bio dad and my my real father as well. Like I had to actually wow. say you know no more and. At that moment, it was like, I had to make the choice of like, it's like being devoted to opening your heart over and over and over and over again until opening one more time is self-betrayal, right? And I could feel in that moment that staying open to those dynamics would have been self-betrayal for myself and for my baby. And so out of that, and yeah, I like was like, okay, well, cool. So I'm going to be like this badass single mom. And this is going to be freaking insane, but we're going to figure it out. Okay. Spirit, like show me the magic, show me the miracles. Like when we're on the edge, that's when magic is most alive. You all know that. So I was like, okay, let's get ready for the most epic magic. That's going to blow my mind and blow my life. And so I moved to Charleston to be with my family because I have family here and I have my mom, my my beautiful mother here. And I was just like fully committed to processing, like integrating like, okay, I'm going to be single for the next several years. And it's just going to be me and my baby. And that's going to be great. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to like clear all the the weird stuff that like the women before me couldn't clear. And like, I'm cool with that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I got to a place of just full acceptance where like, I didn't wish for it to be another way. I was just so proud of myself. And I felt this gentle nudge in me of like, okay, so if you're releasing all the shame around what it means to be a single pregnant woman. Like if you're really gonna go on that path, like, all right, what other desires are here? I'm like, okay, well I kind of desire to like have a lover. <laughs> like oh, like at least in in the least, just like have male, like men around me, you know, like good men and and or at least go on some dates or whatever that looks like. I wasn't, you know, attached to it, but I was like, I just have the desire for that. So I'm not gonna suppress myself just because I'm carrying a child, you know, and yeah. like all the weird things that we you know, say are not holy for women to do or this or that, you know? So I was like, okay. So, um, I start deciding that I'm available for dates. And then immediately the very first date I went on, I met my man, you know, how like
0: God works. That is just amazing. That is amazing. I feel the depth of, you know, because the part of the intention of this podcast is that the people that are listening are perfectly designed to receive what's being said in this moment. That's why you're listening. That's why, that's why they're here. So just the like possibility spectrum that gets blasted open through receiving that occurrence. And I also want to just name some of the mechanics of like, because the way you're saying it, it sounds so easy. You know what I mean? But all this is like it's a culmination of the work that Adina is describing, and the embodiment that I feel in you around worth, around the the earned sense of I deserve to receive my desires,
2: mm-hmm. like
0: I'd get to receive my desires, and like, is there anything specific that you've done along your journey specifically connected to owning your worth
2: mm-hmm.
0: or receiving that you feel really served you in that moment when you just decided, you know what, I will. I fully accept the timeline I chose and like, all right, well, what is my desire here? I'd love to like, actually have a lover. I go on a date and there's my guy right there. Who's loving me and with me all the way through the pregnancy, like on a mechanic, transformational alchemical level. Like, what would you say to those listening who are like, damn, like, how do I embody that?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if this fully answers your question, but what came was that when you are so clear with yourself that your desires are connected to love and like, you feel like, like your devotion is just like love. And so it's like, what's the most loving thing? There's no more shame around what you want, you know? So like, and you have to, I wouldn't even say you have to be really diligent about discerning that it's just like, you know, in your system, like, is this desire here because it's from love or is this desire here because it's like this weird lack, like need for greed because of like a, like a thing of lack in ourselves, you know, like when the desire is connected to my leading edge of love, there's no shame in receiving it. Oh, I love that. Like I knew that me having the desire to connect with other men or even just friends or community. Like that was the desire I wanted connection. Like that felt like the most loving thing for me and for my baby, for my nervous system, you know, like, so of course,
0: you know, wow. That totally answers my question. I love that. Okay. So you go on the date, you meet your partner Mm -hmm. and now we're in like the, you know, the last part of the pregnancy. So how did the rest of it go?
1: Definitely didn't think like he was my man on the first date, you know, it was just, I was just, I was just open, you know, I was grounded in my choice and I was open and you know, like good men do. He just, he chose me from the first date basically. And was like, okay, like, you know, he was in the dating process with me and very quickly, like he knew in himself that like, he wanted to choose this path with me and just kept showing up for that until my heart was a, in a full space of safety to say, okay, yes, like, yes, we can be partners. Yes. I trust you enough to go through the birth process. Yes. I trust like, cause that's no like small thing. Like my partner also has four children. And so it's not like he doesn't also have a lot on the line. Like we both had a lot on the line in terms of like letting each other fully into our lives. So it was like a big, there could have been a perception in both of us that it was a big risk to choose to come into relationship with each other because it wasn't just us being like you know spiritual single nomadic people that like are in a lovership you know it's like we right. have like families that we're now responsible for so yeah there was just like a commitment from him right away and you know it just was a beautiful space of like you know building safety around my heart and him choosing me and us falling in love and he was with me through the birth and now in the postpartum and we're like, just getting, you know, stronger every day, which is like pretty incredible. Oh,
0: You just blow me away and so deserve it. And it's been such a gift to witness you being fully claimed and loved and held through this process. And it's coming as a function of huge part. What I'm hearing is how deeply you held yourself first. Like you didn't receive this holding from a place of needing it or lack. And I think that's a huge shift that a lot of women get to make is like, we're not in victimhood. We get to really receive because no matter how committed a relationship is, the only love security that will ever actually be no matter what limitless forever impenetrable, indestructible is the love that we hold for ourselves and build from the ground up. And sometimes we have to rebuild from the rubble of our parental figures who just did not have the tools or haven't done the work to be able to do it in the way that, you know, made it easy to replicate from the inside. Sometimes we have to like restructure what that paternal energy feels like on the inside, what that maternal energy feels like on the inside, the softness and the strength. And that's one of the things I reflected in the beginning of this episode that you do so beautifully is you have so much compassion, softness and love, that mother, that great mother energy that has clearly only amplified in you through the true initiation into motherhood. And it's always been strong. And it's juxtaposed by the, the backbone in the sort of truth, in the ferocity that you bring, which is like the the reparenting on the thought, like the paternal energetic. And in some ways you had to cut off the untruth with compassion from the father figure in order to receive the truth of your own great father figure, which isn't excluding how much you love, the love that's true. It's just saying, no, I will not take in as my own Any more reflection from this distortion that isn't my, what my system needs to know as truth. And that is so inspiring, Mama. And so I just see you really doing that.
1: Yeah. Thank you that you just put that in such a beautiful, like a a beautiful way. And I want to add to that for those listening it's like, yes, it's true. The relationships that we're in are our mirrors and our reflection for what's happening in our systems and like, that restructuring is so complex. Like, also give yourself time and many chances to get that going well. <laughs> that doesn't happen overnight, of like, okay, this is a reflection of me. And it's like, it's a distant muscle that you are building yep. and growing in and learning to love. Like, love is a learning process.
0: A thousand percent. You know, I just was having a conversation that I actually feel like I want to share. Yeah, he's from, you know, cause these, these pieces, you know, that get triggered from our usually from core family dynamics that are the root cause of some of these core woundings that come up. Mm-hmm. And I love what you just said about give yourself as many chances as you need, because sometimes when these root things get triggered, it can be like a riptide, like your system. It, it's like your instinct when you get caught in a riptide, if you're not like native to the land is to swim toward the shore. Right, like you just want to swim toward the shore, but you're just not going to win that battle against that rip tide. When you're activated, there's neurochemistry that is occurring that the frontal lobe, and this is something I learned from a brother Raven, who is just a master in this realm. And so I'm, he's he's an amazing you know coach and facilitator, and this just really makes sense to me. And I want to reiterate it here that you know when we get activated right the the amygdala filters for anything it finds dangerous and so when when your core wounding gets triggered from your your family system and then the your partner triggers it or your money stuff triggers it or whatever the amygdala is filtering for that and will automatically send all the energy to your reptilian brain which can reduce the blood flow from the frontal lobe which is where all sense making happens and higher reasoning and problem solving and creativity like by 70% so like All the energy leaves the front, not all of it, but most of it leaves the frontal lobe and just goes to the reptilian brain where you're in this instinctual reactivity, Whatever's going to protect me. And so then that's when it feels like you're in a rip current all of a sudden. And as much, we do so much work to understand on a logical level, oh, this isn't what's happening, but then we experience almost like being hijacked. It's like your system feels like it's getting hijacked into behavior patterns, like swimming straight for the shore, because that's what it seems, what the survival pattern makes the most sense. But really, you need to swim perpendicular or just let the riptide take you and to develop the tools to recognize when the riptide is happening. Mm-hmm. to not to have this, the tools embedded within you to be able to stay with yourself, stand with yourself, get behind your heart, let the flood, the riptide take you right when that for Dina, when you spoke to your father and that father wound got activated, it's like, wow, you had to cultivate those tools to be able to complete that relationship for the time that you needed to receive your own truth for years leading up to that. So that you would have the skill set and the tools to be with yourself when the riptide is there and recognize this is just the riptide swimming straight to the shore and doing what I'm used to for survival. Isn't the thing I'm going to do something different here. And it looks like showing up for myself. And then with time, it starts to repattern the system. So I love what you said about the intention is there, the frontal lobe and and, and our, our higher reasoning is like, I'm going to do this. But when the trigger points come, we get to take it like, with a lot like we said compassion is the ingredient that's conducive to healing we get to take it with time and and give it space and and let the energy you know start it's it's transition with the new tools that you're getting behind yourself with one new tool is refathering yourself listening to your own paternal signal rather than you know perhaps your own blood father who you know, deserves compassion and love, but maybe hasn't done the work to be able to hold you in truth at the time. And that can be a really heart-wrenching process. And we need some time to learn how to do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, it is so much of a practice. And the, the thing that I want to speak to this too, is like, when we have an awareness of, how trauma works. And the fact that all of these things that are coming up on us really are patterns. Like when I look at my father and I look at the biological father of my, my son, both of those men have good hearts. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Like I love both of them very much. And the riptide that would occur in our dynamic yeah. was too strong for yeah. me to be able to even do my own work. Yeah. And so that's why in those situations, sometimes it, is more loving to close that door because it doesn't actually allow us to do that repatterning work. And and it's a hard line to draw and it's a hard space to discern. Like, when do you get to that point, but that, you know, that's okay. And I think for a lot of like spiritual practitioners, even like they'll try to override that so many times because they know the highest timeline is to like make peace with the people that were, you know, being triggered with, but sometimes that riptide is just too strong. And you have the permission to, with love, say no, yeah, and do that work in spaces where the relationship is safe enough, because the riptide's still gonna come. Like my triggers still come with the partner I have, yeah. But it's a safe enough space that I
0: can metabolize like what's happening for long enough to be able to make a new route. That's right. That's so well said. It's like, if you literally imagine the riptide, it's like, it takes you out away from the shore and it's actually a safer thing to do to let it take you out all the way out further until the current weakens. And then you can swim sideways and swim around it and get back to the shore. Right? So it's like, if you just stay in that dynamic, it's like the riptide, and then you like it's like another one, and another one, and another one. It becomes very deep. You you try to swim against it, you just get exhausted, and it it actually closing out the dynamic so that you can look consciously at where the riptide is happening. You called in a partner who could simultaneously, I imagine, call you forward and also stand with you while you're in your riptide because you're in ownership clearly and full responsibility clearly, and saying, hey. This is my, this riptide happens with me. Sometimes it's a function of this particular wounding that I'm healing actively. Thank you for loving me in it and championing me and saying like, get it, girl, you got this right. And also I'm sure standing for himself and setting boundaries and calling you forth. I think that's a beautiful alchemy that can happen between the masculine feminine dynamic. But if those ingredients aren't all there or aren't all true for both partners, like perhaps the last partner wasn't able to do both. It really isn't a conducive environment for, for healing to happen. Cause if it's like, swim back to the shore now, like get out of it, then you just can't or don't have it. That's just not the, the truth. But also if it's just totally enabled, like, yeah, like I'll pacify the riptide over and over and over again, then the partner's out of alignment. So there really is this ideal balance in partnership That gets to be like natural and also leaned into over and over and over again when we start to understand what dynamics are coming up that really weren't born in the relationship, but are trying to be resolved and reconciled through the catalyst of the relationship. That's so beautiful. And I love that you have a partner now that's doing that dance with you.
1: Mm -hmm. It's good to get triggered in safe relationships.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) And you just got to call in that one. That's the safe one where the work wants to be done together, you know, and be willing like you did to let go of the ones that aren't, you know, doesn't make it bad or wrong. It just makes it not fully in alignment to be, you know, dance partners in that way. And so it's so beautiful to see the work that you did. To arrive in this place with this man and are now getting to do this dance and witnessing the patterns. Like you said, they still happen, but they're so much lighter. It's lightening up, it's lightening up. And that's how we dissolve, you know, the tension points around it. So it's so powerful. So here we are now, right? So we're to the pregnancy. You're in this beautiful relationship. And what, what's occurring now through the pregnancy and onward? Mm.
1: So our children, like our future generations. This is my belief is that those who are coming through us after us, like in time, our future, they're more evolved, they're more advanced beings, right? So my child is kind of like more evolved on some level, spiritually, I feel this, than I am. And so when our children come in, they are our teachers. And the whole birth process and postpartum process has just been that. I've just been getting (laughs) schooled. (laughs) I'm just getting schooled like a lot, but it's through like this beautiful unconditional love and children are also amplifiers. So it's like the intention that you set in any ceremony space, ceremony amplifies it, right? And you get the medicine like amplified with that intention. And so my intention stepping into motherhood was so much around being led by love was the initial prayer and also expanding through all all the spaces in my, at that time, my current embodiment that were still deeply embedded in lack. And so the birth process and the postpartum process was really another level of initiation into sovereignty for me. And in sovereignty has really been like a deep descent into uncovering more of my power and what's available through choice. Mm -hmm. So I chose to have a free birth with My son, for those of you who don't know what free birthing is, it's basically just having your baby (laughs) instead of like having to pay someone else to, you know, help you have your baby. So I didn't have a midwife. I didn't go to a hospital. I just had my baby at home and yeah, it was me and Ivan. Oh, I want to like back up a little bit. I'm going to tab that for a second. I also want to just like presence through that whole process of what I was going through. I want to presence my mom as well. Because my mom was a big part of that becoming journey too. And I feel through what I was able to choose for myself, it allowed her a space to show up for me in a big way. So my mom was a huge, huge, huge part of that process. And I just wanted to like, Honor. just in case she's
0: listening. Cause Honor. She Honor the mamas. I hope I get to meet <laughs> her one day. Yeah, Yeah.
1: So I chose to have a free birth, which was, oh my God, like I would never... Ever choose to have a child any other way? I'm so glad I chose to do that. Um, wow. What do you want to say about that? Yeah, it really like birth is preparing the mother to reach places in herself that she thinks are impossible to move through. You know, like birth is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It is physically traumatic. It is super scary. Like I touched all the way into like the pits of hell and you know brought myself back like I can't even there are no for those who have given birth like you know like there's no words to describe the level of like hell that labor can be so yeah that process was really like touching the parts of myself that really just you know like whatever parts of me think that anything is impossible I showed myself through birthing my baby like if I can free birth my baby I can do anything uh, like yeah. every contraction, it was like, I can't do this. Every mm-hmm. moment of that labor experience was like, how the hell is this going to happen? You know, and it was such such a process of just claiming my sovereignty and just having to choose. And like the prayer was just like, God, I give you all of my pain. I give you all of my fear. I give you all of my pain. I give you all of my fear. Um, and so my son was born on Easter morning, and it was just me and my partner here.
0: Wow, you're a badass. That's, That's wild! I didn't know that it was just you and him while you were really having. Really? No, oh I'm my like- gosh! You have to listen to my
1: pod. I I recorded a whole podcast. On oh, it. I I will listen to it. What's the podcast called? So everyone can go listen to it. Yeah, so it's on my podcast called Heaven on Earth with Adina Hammer, okay, and it's my free birth story. You can go to my Instagram too. It's up on my Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah. The that. whole story of the birth. It was oh. like a beautiful, beautiful journey.
0: I thought you had a midwife. No, wow, <laughs> I don't think I've ever known anyone who's done that with no midwife, with no support like that. Wow, wow. that is powerful. Okay, onward.
1: Awesome. And and I I also want to note, like a month before that happened, all the Dojo women. So the program that Sahara runs, the the Dojo, the initial program. I'm sorry, what's the initial program? Do immersed. Dojo immersed in Dojo masters. masters and Dojo masters. The programs that she runs. I was a part of that first group that she ran and the sisters that were also in that group, like are still my sisters, like so deeply to this day, like my ride or die sisters. Mm -hmm. And they all came out and had this beautiful ceremony for me before I went into labor and just like blessed my home. And just, I truly believe that the prayers that were laid down by the women, they, I mean, they flew in from all over the country to come be at my home and like bought my birth pool and like the whole thing. And they just like, just made a beautiful space and portal for my baby to come through my home. And I think that that was like a big part of, you yeah. know,
0: how well it went. And coming together and doing this prayer it was such an honor to like all of us contribute to that birthing tub, like to know that it was, it was so cool. you know, like holding you while you're going through the birth process. It's amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can't even, we could talk for hours and hours on that, the free birth. So I'll just share that it was an initiation into sovereignty. Like the hardest thing I've ever done, the hardest thing a woman will ever do. And I truly believe that it's like, if you want to know what power is, go free birth a baby because it'll take you to every part of you that think you can't keep going. Yeah. And then you just have to, because the only way forward is through.
0: Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Well done. Deep respect. Deep respect. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: So he arrived on Easter morning and, you know, that was when I thought it was like, okay, I birthed the baby. We did it. I feel so powerful. I had like the baby high and then postpartum came. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just learning how to be a mom. It's going through all of the, you know, realities of living in a society that isn't fully connected to properly honoring the mother Mm -hmm. on a meta level and also on it, like just honoring mothers in our society. Mm -hmm. And I then had to take what I learned in my birth and then integrate it through the, what felt like a harsh reality of the postpartum experience. Mm So I'm now 10 weeks postpartum. We're coming closer to the close of my fourth trimester. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just been, It's like time stops and it's like a little eerie, like postpartum for me has been a little eerie, but it's been just integrating what I've learned through the birth and, and actually being able to show up in that way. Now in my life as a mom, as a partner, as a leader, you know,
0: still running my business, the whole thing. So, yeah. Well, there's clearly something that has been fortified in you. It's like unfathomable. It goes beyond words. And it's so obvious that. This initiation of this last year has brought you online in a whole new way. And that includes the you that's showing up for the version of yourself that's moving through postpartum, which I can imagine is its own really like, you know, dark night of the soul, maybe not even a mini one, but like a big dark night of the soul moment. You know, there is, there is a death in the, in the, the participation of giving birth of being a mother. Like it's the death of the maiden into the mother. You know, we, it's a major initiation that I've yet to experience. And I I pray that I do one day and there's, I have so much respect for the mothers, for my sisters who are becoming mothers lately. Like it's happening more and more. And there's just, I feel such a deep bow for the women who have moved through that portal. And the, you know, I, I love how you're framing the postpartum experience as like, wow, like I get to integrate (laughs) Mm -hmm. I get to integrate it. So postpartum, like my experience of depression and my experience of others when they're in depression is -hmm. that it is this all consuming, overwhelming, can't get out of bed. Can't like, it feels like it's everything. It feels like there's no way out of it. It's just, there's an implosion there. And it's this heavy weight of, this is what it is. Now you're coming through and I'm hearing you say, this is time to integrate. I'm a new mother. You're, you're being a new mother. All of that is there and you're experiencing postpartum depression. And so how are you holding that within yourself from the most empowered place to go through it, but not believe that this is it, that there's always going to be like this and like kind of get crushed underneath it.
1: Yeah. So I'll just preface by saying anything that I say, like postpartum is, or birth is, is through the lens of my own experience. And every woman so has her own completely different experience of this. And so I hope my words are medicine and not a reality. I write for you before you go through this experience. Well said. The first thing, so there's some really good medicine here. Okay. So the first thing, number one is just like, well, you can't, like, I can't lay in bed all day. (laughs) Like, like my baby's crying. My baby wants to eat. My baby needs to be changed. Like the house needs to be cleaned. Like I need to shower. There's like, someone needs to freaking feed me. You know, like the first initiation, like, especially as a new mom, I feel is like, there's a certain dose of like dark humor and hilarity that has to also be included because it's just like like they're just there's no like I couldn't stay in bed if I wanted to my baby's screaming you yeah. know what I mean like and my baby just you know what I mean it's just like yeah. you like I know you know that feeling as a professionally trained athlete where you hit the point where you feel like you can't go anymore yeah and then you push go beyond the wall. It. yeah like, you go way beyond it for like an hour more you know yeah. Yeah. that is every single day. For me in postpartum, like I'm so tired, I can't see straight, you know. Like, and that's just it is what it is. But you have this baby that is completely dependent on you for everything. And for me, my experience is that that it's been a simultaneous like the love for this being has moved me beyond what I thought possible, what I am capable of. Mm -hmm. So that's a powerful element to it.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And it's like. This is also the power of being devoted to something, right. Instead of just saying, okay, well, whatever organically feels good. Yeah. You know, like in order for things to be birthed and grown and nurtured and to expand, whether it's your business or your relationship or your health or whatever, it's like, it doesn't reach its maximum capacity when you're just nurturing it as it feels right. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, like if you had a literal baby, like (laughs) you don't get to stop that process, you know? Like it needs your attention. So there's that piece of like, it's taught me that I'm capable of a lot more than like I previously gave myself credit for. And that has extended itself into my business life and into my relationship and into the way that I show up for myself. And, you know, in other times where maybe I would have canceled something because I was, you know, tired or this or that. It's like, or I made an excuse to not take the nap or made an excuse to not go to the gym. Like there's, it's just like another level of no excuses, you know? But then there's also the other piece I wanted to speak to this is like in the postpartum there is, and this is for everyone's work in overcoming their lack and challenges, like their shadowy challenges. It is a real lived experience that on some level there was a lack of support, (laughs) a lack of sleep. A lack of support, a lack of whatever else, a lack of understanding from the people around me, feeling depressed, feeling all of these things, not having the time to do my business stuff, you know, all of the stuff mm-hmm. that's real. And there's a certain level of honoring the real need there. Yeah. And then as you do that work, it's like your power comes from touching an even deeper place in you that gets to choose beyond the belief systems that are even creating that Illusion to begin with.
2: Yeah.
1: Like this really beautiful place in myself that I feel like I've never touched before, where it's like, yeah, all that's real. And I get to speak to it and communicate about it with my partner and my friends and, you know, my mentor and ask for the support that I need. And then when I touch that place that knows that I don't have to be a woman whose story is that I'm under supported as a mom or that I get a lack of sleep or that this is so hard or that I don't have time for all of the things, like it's a real thing. And If I don't want that to be my story, I can touch a part of myself that says, what's possible? Since I know reality is is malleable, I know time is not really real. How can I leverage my knowing to create a reality where I do have the full support that I need, even though it looks like I can't, where I do have like, where I do feel fully rested where I do feel healthy, where I do get to run my business full-time and mother full-time without having to send my child away for daycare, you know, like what is possible when I honor the challenges that are real and then touch the deeper place of knowing that I'm fully resourced to create whatever reality I want.
0: Yeah. Woo. That is super empowered. Like that is the most empowered place from which you can come, right? It's like, took the entire victimhood cap off, right? It's just, there is only, only empowerment there. There is no like, I'm a victim of lack of understanding or lack of resource or lack of time. No, like, oh, these are catalysts. These are opportunities for me to frame and actually ask myself, okay, there's something I actually don't prefer here as a creator how can i create myself into the reality where i'm receiving exactly what it is that i need and that takes courage it takes willingness it takes patience it takes com- a build of worthiness and confidence takes you know allowing yourself to be supported and let that that framework be reaffirmed by other beings who are on that beam as well you know there's so much in there that i'm witnessing you do and create yourself into and i just feel Adina, I just feel so inspired, so inspired by the woman that you have always been, the woman that you are and the woman that you continue to become like by the second. So thank you for sharing your journey and sharing your heart and bringing the literal walking medicine that you are to close it out. I'm curious if there's any final thoughts that feel really potent and present that you want to share and also letting anyone listening, you know, know how to find you and how to work with you. And you've got some serious, like I've always felt this, you know, like the sensual codes, the embodiment codes, the like high femininity codes, and now like really motherhood codes. And so anyone listening who really feels drawn to support, in expanse in these areas, I highly, highly recommend reaching out to Adina. And I would love for you to share more about how people can reach you and any final thoughts.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm just going to tune in my heart for a moment and see if there's any final pieces here.
2: <sighs> yeah. Cause I think we
1: kind of touched on this a lot in this podcast and it's why I have so much respect for you and the work that we've done together. I see a huge gap in the mentorship industry often Mm -hmm. where we are being fed ideas of what's possible when we step into the creator, like creator consciousness. Right. And then there's like this thing that seems very separate from that, which is like honoring the healing path that we need to go on. Mm -hmm. At least that's been my experience of like where I want to play in and I just want to make a comment on that because everything that I've shared today and that we've spoken to is like honoring both elements that like both are needed, like in order for you to expand your reality, like the healing, the full spectrum, real honoring of the pain and the challenges and the shadow and fucking doing that work is necessary. And you get to expand into this amazing reality that anything is possible and magic is real and infinite abundance is here for us. And those two have to go like together to be real.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so, yeah, I just want to leave it on that note of like. Well said. Yeah. But I think that's all I need to say, like, just leave it on that note. And um, to just like keep moving through your journey, following the spaces that actually feel safe in that, that feel inspiring, but safe. Yeah. And the people and the relationships and the mentors that feel inspiring and safe. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, Yeah.
0: That. so yeah where can people find you
1: yeah so i think the best place to check me out is on instagram my handle is at rev adina hammer and i would say just like my magic is in feminine leadership and all of the things that that encompasses um specifically around spiritual devotion and love and yeah it would just be an honor to play with whoever wants to come check me out so i've got all of the things on my instagram
0: So, so, so beautiful, Adina, thank you so much for being here. And we've also, you know, Adina's We've formed the Dojo Council. So we're continuing to weave together. There's another round of the Dojo Immerse that's starting on August 10th. And so there's many ways to continue to weave within this ecosystem and with the women of this ecosystem and in their individual zones of genius and work. And it's just really an honor to continue to weave and continue to step into the next levels of our expression and of our wholeness together in, in every way. It's like I'm humbled over and over and over again, literally like my experience of the work I get to do is just getting humbled over and over again by the caliber of women that I get to witness blossom into their greatness. Like I'm listening to you through this episode and I'm just like, damn, what a queen, like what a powerful, powerful woman. And to witness that your journey of blossoming is just like, man, it's a humbling honor. So thank you for being here. I love you so much. And with that, we're going to close out this episode of the Dojo Podcast. I really honor each of you for listening and receiving so fully and for walking and living your life beyond the edge right along with us. We'll see you next time. Thank you all for creating this space to receive this transmission and for having the courage that it takes to live your life beyond the edge. If you feel the call to go deeper with me privately or explore the dojo ecosystem, the best place to start is by visiting ZaharaZimring.com and taking your free micro dojo. You can also find me on Instagram at ZaharaZimring, and I love hearing from you guys. So feel free to send me messages, make comments, and I will absolutely get back to you. I also would deeply appreciate if this episode or any of these episodes have touched your heart. Leave a review as it really supports this show in touching more hearts and more lives all around the world. Thank you for joining and I'll see you next time.